You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza from, <laughs> from, believe it or not, the replay booth. Uh, at Acrisure Stadium. That was the site of a lot of action tonight. It's the site of the Rapid Reaction Podcast here as I welcome in Chris Anderson, who's in the replay booth in Richmond, Virginia. Chris, a long time coming for this game, a long time to play this game. It fittingly went down to the very end, dramatic second half, um, lots of moments, lots of decisions, lots of performances. If this was something that was missing from our lives for quite some time, it, it did a pretty good job filling in the vacancy with so much to talk about, which is why we're here right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, every time we we do these and we talk about these podcasts and I was doing the previews, it, it, I get asked, you know, what does this mean? And, and for the, for West Virginia to play Pitt, and I said, you don't understand. Like, I think when West Virginia plays Maryland, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Penn State, win or lose, it means so much more to the fans than any game versus Texas or Oklahoma, no matter how big those programs are. And you could tell today, tonight, you can tell by the postgame, uh, reaction has been understandably intense. Um, but I guess that's why you and I are here, to kind of try to make sense of it all and, and discuss what happened, uh, discuss what went wrong, what went right, maybe try to, uh, you know, cheer a couple people up. Piss a couple people off. Who knows? That's what we do. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I hear. Um, let's let's start with the obvious here. Um, I mean, this is something that we've joked about for a long time and, and wondered how it was going to go. We knew it was going to pop up in a big situation, but um, they got a punter. Did, did they? I think so. Uh, because... Oliver Straw did so well that they decided to send him out there on fourth and well, fourth and six late in the game. Um, and that's where we're going to begin. Uh, Brown wanted to joke that he hadn't picked out a punter when he knew everybody was waiting for a decision on the quarterback two weeks ago. Um, tonight, he came in knowing that he was going to get asked in the postgame news conference about the decision to punt on what was fourth and six uh, after they took a delay game penalty on fourth and one. And it was about fourth and I don't know, half a yard maybe here. People have said inches. I guess that accurate because even a yard is 36 inches. But, um, yeah, hindsight is is always going to be 
your enemy or your ally. And it certainly was on the wrong side of Neil Brown's fence today because even with the good punt, um, his defense, which maybe didn't hint to this, gave up a long touchdown drive. And then the defense for Pitt scores the game-winning touchdown. Just a significant swing for the game. I, I don't want to project too much, but if things don't go right immediately for this team, I think you would circle the decision not to be a little bit more brave, to try to get a yard when you believe you have an offensive line that's bigger and better than it was before, and you have a 240-pound running back who Pitt did not want to tackle. Um, let's have it out, Chris. Good decision, bad decision. He says good. I can see the logic. I can certainly argue with the two. I was, thought it was a bad decision in the moment. This is not, you know, uh, revisionist history here. Hated it. I, I'm always, just like I'm always on the side of, I'm not sure that's targeting. Uh, I am always on the side of going for it when it's fourth and less than one yard. Um, yeah, I think uh, when Neil first said it during the postgame press conference, he said fourth and a foot. And then later said fourth and three quarters of a yard. So two and a little over two feet, but regardless, less than a yard to go to the first down marker. At that point, um, West Virginia was averaging over eight yards per carry in the fourth quarter in this game. Um, I mean, obviously some of that's boosted by CJ Donaldson, but when you have a six foot two, 240 pound running back and you need to get a few inches, let him get them. Um, and, you know, I think uh, when Neil Brown was talking, he mentioned, you know, looking back at how historically Pitt stops the run. And to be kind of blunt, who gives a you-know-what about what they did historically? It matters what they're doing in this game, what they're doing now. And right now in this game, and I'm pulling this up, this is from the, the stat broadcast with the, the media stats here, uh, power rushing which is, according to this definition, rushes with two or less yards to go that converted for a first down or touchdown, meaning third and two or whatever, third one, less than one. West Virginia was four for four in that, in that stat. Runs stuffed percentage, rushes that are stopped for no gain or a loss. West Virginia, that had, had Pitt did that to West Virginia Three times all game, less than 10%. It was 9% of their rushing attempts were no game or negative yards. Um, does that mean it was a 91% chance of conversion? Um, I don't know about that. Uh, but there was nothing that had indicated that Pitt was going to stop West Virginia from getting that less than one yard in this game tonight. Um, point out that West Virginia does not have a fullback on this roster. Like, Nobody who can stand in front of the halfback, and I'm not sure how many times that'll come up, but here we are in the first game where maybe you just needed someone like a sniffer who could just get in there and, and blow somebody away at the line of scrimmage. Um, I don't know. Would that cure the problem tonight? Would they go for it if they had somebody? Ah, maybe, maybe not. That's really nitpicking. Uh, I, I'm i nodding my head at everything you just said. I will say this. Um, in the moment, it seemed like a bad idea to me to to kick it away and to to kind of say, I don't think that you could drive the field at home against our defense because I'd seen West Virginia's defense really I know that they had had two good drives before but I'd seen some of the tackling issues and the coverage issues and and I, I was curious like there was time to do something there and I figured one possession I didn't think it'd be two um, and they got down there really quick and West Virginia's defense didn't even force a third down and that's problematic too um, and then right to the very end some of the issues that we had talked about their coverage sure but their tackling in that back end uh, 
was a concern in camp. It just was. A lot of the exploits we'd heard about offensive players also came from maybe the defense wasn't great pursuit and getting people on the ground. And, and that's certainly we came to fruition several times, but on that final touchdown by their running back, um, I can definitely get behind Brown's explanation of, you know, if there are three minutes left instead of six, sure. But six, even if they score, you have time. And guess what? They did. Um, we can get to what happened on the other side of that coin in a minute. But honestly, they're in the position of having to go, I don't know, 50 yards to kick a field goal and win the game. And it, it did kind of work out that way for them, too. So I can defend his situation. But when I see a team and a program and a coach that's trying to turn it around and have an attitude and say, hey, we have a quarterback, we have an offense finally, you'd like to think you can get a foot, two feet, three quarters of a yard um, in a situation like that where the rivalry is such that everybody should have a little bit extra. You've worked all summer running Law School Hill. You've lifted weights. You've done sprints. You've flipped tires, heat, rain, whatever. It comes down to moments like that, and I think to not give the players a chance, um, it mattered tonight. How much will it matter in the future? How much baggage does this you know, do they carry around them for the time being and, and for the immediate future? I don't know. We'll see. But um, you can really whittle it down to that. But we forget um, the punt was good. <laughs> the defense had been hot. They were supposed to go, you know, 98 yard or 92 yards, I think. And they did. Um, and West Virginia was complicit with a penalty and some poor tackling, too. But it was just the worst case. Like when, when you do punt that ball, you're not assuming any of that stuff's going to happen. And maybe you should protect against that. But I think if you say I'm going to go for it because my defense isn't good, they might not force a third down they might get a targeting they might you know miss a bunch of tackles on one play that's not a good look for your faith in your defense either but i don't know it, it really looms large right now and i think it's impossible not to side with the the the, the part of the courtroom that says hey you should have gone for it right now too um it comes back to this though uh, unfortunately for bryce for whedon has a great game really and truly i would say the best game of his career and and i'm trying to think of a receiver since kevin white who played as well as he had and worst possible outcome for him uh, runs a really simple route and the ball just goes through his hands. MJ Devonshire catches it zips through the defense. Um, good thing that West Virginia had all those crossover drills. They teach offensive linemen and receivers how to tackle. He was right through a whole bunch of white and blue jerseys and into the end zone to win the game. Um, what a, what a chaotic and almost fitting for the, for the rivalry swing of events there. Yeah, that was, that was brutal. I mean, that was, and we'll see it tomorrow when I put together my usual, you know, plays to change the game thing where it, the, the um, game cast and the win probability. I believe right before that play, West Virginia, even at a tie game, was um, here we are. Yeah, they were about 60% favorite to win still, um, obviously, as they're moving down. Because I think if he catches that, it, that, that probability probably jumps up to 80% or more because West Virginia is in pit territory, first and 10. What, about three minutes left on the clock, two minutes left on the clock, three minutes left on the clock, and they are, you're basically just running the ball to run out the clock and leave yourself a shot at a field goal and nothing more. Um, and instead, obviously, what, what happened happened, um, and, and that swung it from West Virginia 60% to Pitt 90.3% chance of winning at that point in the game. So that was... I mean, you don't, you don't need a win probability chart to tell you that that, that was a big play, but I'm with you. I, I had a whole thing written up about how we're all going to focus on C.J. Donaldson when Bryce Ford Wheaton was the reason that West Virginia was in that game. He was the reason that they were in it because he not only had the two touchdowns, and, and I'm glad Neil Brown stuck up for him in the postgame press conference. I'm, I'm glad, not glad that he kind of like went after whoever it was that asked the question, but was really firm about it that that, you know, 
Ford Wheaton had played his rear end off. I'm trying to be not use the words that potty mouth Neil Brown used, but um, he, he defended him, and he was right. Two touchdowns, that play the um, on the punt return or punt defense, punt coverage unit with the big tackle. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, the first down towards the end of the second quarter. I talked about that. I had, had something written out where I said that that play where JT Daniels drops back, gets his arm hit, ball just floats in the air. It's an obvious pick, but Bryce Ford Wheaton just says, no, this is mine, and goes up, high points, it comes down with it. West Virginia ends up going down tying the game. If he doesn't get that, that gets picked. Pitt goes up two scores, and we're sitting here discussing yet again end of first half hijinks, I think is how you put it. Terrible clock management, you know, six, second and what is it, 16, and they run in a, a run play to the short side, going out of bounds to stop the mm-hmm. clock for Pitt. Uh, and then, you know, getting JT Daniels lit up on third down. And, and I'm, you know, that just sends a cascading effect of that game's gone, the drive's gone, the game's gone, your season's off to a terrible foot, uh, off on a terrible start. And, and man, the one guy who kept West Virginia in it, Bryce Ford Wheaton, until he didn't, of course. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So fortunate. I mean, it's an interception for Daniels. It's a it's a drop, I guess, for Wheaton too. But he played great. And unfortunately, um, I don't think a lot of people are going to remember that because of the rivalry and what happened on the other end of it. And, and they lost the game. I mean, that's that's the play that essentially lost in the game. And, and yet they're darn close to winning it, or at least tying it, because Daniels steps in and throws a seed in between two safeties to a sinking receiver on the goal line. Uh, Neil Brown fired up about that. I, I didn't think that was a catch. I was surprised they called it a catch in the field, but I think referees will do that. They'll defer to the replay and just say, uh, I don't know. It looks like he caught it. Um, hard to overturn, I think, but also I could also see them saying, this doesn't look like the grass is between, uh, or his hands between the ball and the grass. I, I, the rules are, are murky on things like that. There were things tonight that I hadn't heard adjudicated in a while. There were new rules tonight that were, were I forgot and were on the books too, but I mean, really close. I mean, really, really close. And and West Virginia did a lot of things well and didn't do things well here. But um, I guess we can get to some positive stuff here too. Instead of negatives, we can weave in some negatives. But look, they they have some offense now. They clearly do. They they have a running game that they maybe were not sure about. I don't know how transferable C.J. Donaldson's success is. I think people are going to probably pack the middle on zone reads when they see him get in there in the future. Kansas probably will take note of that. But. Um, they did seem to wear Pitt down, and nobody wanted to tackle Donaldson. And when Donaldson gets 39, and Matthews gets, excuse me, Mathis gets 29 on one drive, and Pitt's heaving a little bit, 
that running game was starting to work. And I don't know how much of that was the offensive line, but they were also playing in spite of their offensive line too. a lot of quick stuff in the passing game, which we expected um, for a while, passing much more than they were running it. And the game slowed down. I think they felt like they had some ability to impose the running game. Um, Daniels had, listen, this is a, a, a weird football thing that you hear a whole lot and you don't really get it. Arm talent. He's just got it. Like he trusts it. He throws off weird angles, um, not just sidearm. I mean, like when he's rolling right, he can put the ball in the money. He did that in the clutch a few times today, including that one to O'Loughlin um, up the sideline. It was a beautiful ball in, in an absolutely key spot. And the fact that they connected that on it means, you know, the quarterback and that tight end probably haven't practiced a whole lot together. But the quarterback knows to look for a receiver, and the receiver there, the tight end, knows to get north. And just if the quarterback's smart, the receiver's smart, it's going to happen. I really wonder how much those two have rehearsed it, but Daniels is smart enough to make that play. And and more importantly, O'Loughlin says, wait a minute, a good quarterback is going to do this, and it was there. And that's just an anecdote, but like you kind of see the potential of the passing game there, too. Uh, I, I just think that there's a lot of weapons there, too. And the trouble is that... That offensive line did take a hit tonight. They they did start Jordan White at right guard and Doug Nestor at right tackle. White came out in the third quarter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Jaquay Hubbard came in to play tackle. Nestor moved back to right guard. They weren't great after that. I thought Hubbard played okay until he didn't when he had two penalties that kind of backed the offense up. But we'll see how long White's hurt. But I'll tell you what, White was tapping on his helmet to come out of the game before the play was over. So he knew he was in a bad spot there. He never came back in. Um Listen, we'd heard that their offensive line was problematic on the right side. We heard that their tight ends were not going to be as useful in the running and pass blocking. I think that to some extent that both uh, both those proved to be true in particular, the tight end. They're going to have to work around that stuff too. But for, for the most part tonight, they were pretty good working with and working around their weaknesses. Yeah, I think you, you see a lot, a lot of good, a lot of bad. You, you kind of mentioned most of it right there. The wide receiver thing, the, the I mean, the, the biggest takeaway is – as you said, JT Daniels, arm talent, legit. Uh, I mean, you look at his line, 23 of 39 for 214. You're like, man, that's kind of crappy. It's not very good. But you know what? I think, and it got Neil, Neil Brown said there was two drops. I mean, I think that number is closer to five or six. But I feel like all of the drops and the ones that he put in positions and maybe not and a couple of these, maybe not even are drops, but are just tough plays. But you're kind of hoping your guy can make those 50 50 catches and they just didn't tonight um, were deep ones. So I think there were probably six balls that Daniels threw that were perfect, perfect. Uh, I'm thinking of one to Prather when he was going down the right side uh, of the field and had to come back for it a little bit. Uh, another one, I can't remember if that was Prather on the left-hand side too, just a few plays later, just just absolutely, absolute darts from Daniels and just drops. And I think that really killed the deep passing game. And Neil mentioned it in the postgame that he felt like they would have gotten a few more hits on the deep passes. And I think the throws were there. The throws were there. It's just I, I don't think he got the help that he needed. Um, and so that kind of hurt him a little bit on the stat line. But I think – you're right. You look at this and you say, you got a quarterback. And that is the first and one thing you need the most. And West Virginia has it. And that's what's got to kind of lift you up for the rest of the season is that you have JT Daniels, at quarterback right now. And they, they got to it early. Look, when, when Donaldson comes in and rips off that 44-yard run, that's not something the offense did last year. They did not get pop plays. And all of a sudden, you get down. It's first and goal. Quick fade to Wheaton. 
and it's a touchdown. And back-to-back plays, you see two things the offense couldn't do before or couldn't do consistently, never mind that easily. And it happened a bunch, and that's probably extremely encouraging, I think, moving forward, too. It just wasn't enough tonight. But, again, it's a pretty good defense they played. That defensive line is, I mean, did not quit. Just kind of relentless. That's the word I heard talking to some people, people was that it was a relentless group. And if it was quiet for times, it was not quiet at the end. Two sacks in that last drive that really kind of um, got West Virginia uncomfortable and made them hurry things. Maybe they didn't want to there. So, yeah, that's going to happen. That's a good defense, and I think you mentioned this, too. Maybe the best defensive line this all year. And for that offensive line to start like that against an opponent like that and and play okay, a lot of rushing yards, uh, pretty good protection at times. The quarterback helped him out, but, um, you know, not perfect. But I think if you're looking for perfect from the offensive line the first game, you were probably misled, I think. Um, Another guy I want to shout out to, Tony Mathis, good running, good receiving. Also recovered two fumbles that could have been turnovers, including Mm -hmm. one in the goal line and one just in the live course of play where no one saw it was there. Heads up stuff for him if he doesn't make those plays. You know, people talk about Donaldson. If not for Donaldson doing what he did in offense on special teams, then they're not in the game. Sure, if Matt this doesn't recover those fumbles, they're in trouble too. Yeah, I thought he had a nice uh, a nice day. I think it uh, started a little slow. Again, a lot of the focus turned to Donaldson, but then he broke a couple good ones, uh, was able to make some guys miss, and that seems like a good combination, a good one-two punch there with Mathis and Donaldson. And, like, I don't want to – temper everybody's expectations about Donaldson. I don't want to take away what he did today because it was special. But that offensive line, like, go back and look at Donaldson's runs. Like, at least, I guess he had seven runs, so like four or five of them, and they were most of the big ones. Go back and look at the runs and tell me when the first defender is near him because – it was just a wide open lane. And what Donaldson did well was, hey, there's hole, run fast. And he just went north, south, upfield, gone. And and that's what he does well. And it's hard to tackle him. And but it, there needs to be some credit to that offensive line. Cause yeah, I think they they got tired. They got worn down on the pass blocking. And and that started getting some pressure on Daniels as the game went along, especially. But I thought their run de- their run blocking was pretty darn good. Um Looking at it here, yeah, sack-adjusted rush yardage. Whoa, even better than I thought. Um, adjusted to, you know, take away sacks from the rushing yardage. 7.1 yards per carry. 7.1. That's, <laughs> it's, when, when, when is the last time a West Virginia team has averaged over 7 yards per carry, especially against a good defensive line? Yeah, they gave people in the on that inside zone stuff with him where the zone read stuff with Donaldson, and he, he did the rest once he got to that second level, but he was seeing – Let's not give him too much credit. He was seeing holes that were impossible to miss, which is yeah. not against him. I mean, that was a good job by that right side of the line sometimes, too, that we're talking about. So, uh, listen, that's that's a great thing for him and a good thing for the offense. I think that'll be fine. We'll see what happens with White defensively. Charles Woods injury, um, that didn't look good. He was in a, a walking boot left foot, it looked like, for me on the sideline. Uh, and also, um, man, McCormick had a tough day. A, a lot of chasing, whether in coverage or in pursuit, didn't have great angles on some stuff, whether he was – Approaching a pass or a run player or a reception yard after, yards under catch. He's also out for the first half of the second next game against Kansas. Uh, they could be thin in that secondary against a, a quarterback in a passing game that might be better. And also some running backs that do seem like they get loose. That secondary could be tested there. Um, listen, we'll see. That's that's going to be some stuff to keep an eye on there. They played shorthanded tonight in that defensive line, too. Uh, no Hammond Russell, no Jalen Thornton. Um, those are two guys I think you thought might play. Zaki Lawton, too, didn't play, didn't dress. That's three guys in that defensive line, and that defensive line still hung in there and played pretty well. Um, just some personnel stuff to, to kind of keep it going there. Uh, let's wrap up with Donaldson. Is that okay? Yeah. 
because I don't know what they have here. I don't know if they know what they have, but I think they're going to have to find a way to make sure that he gets at least seven catches and or touches in a game. That shouldn't be a problem. But listen, the guys in the kickoff return team, he's on the pump block team. Um, they mentioned this kid's just a football player, and and you could see it like just this is a tight end, a tight end, maybe a high school receiver who's playing running back and gashing a top. I don't know. This is definitely a top top 20 defense in the country. Um, the book would get out on him too, but um, that's a dynamic debut. And I'm sure people are going to say this. I wrote about him a couple of weeks ago that I just didn't see it. I'd heard a million things about how good he was, but I hadn't seen it. Um, this is not my my attempt to do this, but that drew some people out, <laughs> out of the shadows to talk to me and said, no, 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 no. Trust me on this kid. And then he was dynamic in scrimmages and just wait because he's going to be good. And, when you see him in the game, you're probably thinking that he's going to pass protect or he's going to do something as a decoy. And maybe that's why receivers are, were getting more attention. Maybe defensive backs are fanned out in the middle was so open. But he did exactly what he was supposed to do. They'd got something there with him, too. Um, I didn't see it. I was assured that he had it, and he certainly had it tonight. Um, that's This is an exciting thing for the offense. Again, they deployed him a little bit. They don't win this game. They don't get in this game without him tonight. I don't think it's a thing you can expect every game. But if you're the opponent, you got to be ready for this now too, and that's not something that was on the table before. Yeah, that's that's why I was sort of trying to temper expectations here because again, it, the offensive line in those a handful of most of his rushes, which again were just a handful, they just knocked a hole big enough for a truck to go through. So it wasn't like he was he had you know was showcasing some kind of great uh, vision or or wiggle or anything like that. I mean, he, he, he has some of it. He's got some vision, obviously, or they wouldn't put him back there. He's got some power. He can move. We saw him run over some people for that, that touchdown run. Um, but teams are going to figure it out. Like you said, Kansas is going to take note. They're going to, they're going to be jamming up the middle when he comes on the field. They're going to know what he wants to do and thinks he can do. Daniel said he was switching passes to run because Donaldson was in the game and no one wanted to tackle him. Um, that's your quarterback, your five-star quarterback who likes to fling it. You say, no, I'm going to hand it to 12 instead, too. And don't forget, he blocked a punt. By the way, by the way, Anthony Del Negro mm-hmm. just wiping out the protection so no one could stop Donaldson. Um, and this is what he does. He's a special team stud, and he blocked like five or six kicks uh, in, in a career. It's uh, Stony Brook. He's a walk-on transfer here, and he makes a great play, and Donaldson ends up with the glory there. But that was that was a huge moment there, too. It looked like you steal seven points off of that. Um, and that was something that could definitely swing a game. It looked like it did, too. Uh, last thing for me, we can go, or if you have anything to add up to, um, a lot of the 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 promise, I think, of having Daniels on the team is not the arm talent or the five-star status so that he can go and he can check plays in the line of scrimmage, but his leadership and the way that he has transitioned in the locker rooms. Um, as a high school senior playing starting quarterback at USC, as a guy who transfers – to Georgia and who keeps starting and, and, and battling a really popular backup quarterback for the starting job. And don't forget last year when they went to the playoff, um, lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game, and people were saying they probably should, probably should start Daniels, right? So he's highly thought of. His post game tonight was the first time that I really put the pieces together. When you hear people talk about his leadership, his presence, um, his maturity, um, really complimentary of the team saying that you can fix execution, but if a team doesn't have fight, you can't do that. And he sees a team that has fight and they'll cure the execution problems. Um, had his back, had Bryce Four Wheaton's back, was all about um, the the pride he had for the team that he had just joined and how they performed out there tonight too. And, and I think that stood out too. He, he was happy with how he played. He sees a lot of promise in this team. They're 0-1. 
I, I think that he sees a much higher ceiling than a lot of doubters do right now, too. And if that's good in the locker room, that should be good out in Mountaineer Field uh, a week from Saturday. Yeah, I'd, it's probably a good thing for, for fans to to hear that and to also take a step back and think about this for a second because – actually, it's a question for you. I'll go ahead and ask myself as well, I suppose. But it's getting late. It's after midnight, almost 1 a.m. here. Um, does this game change your perception of, of West Virginia for the entire season? Because for me – it actually, I mean, I everybody saw my predictions the other day. I said eight and four and squeaking out a win over Pitt. That's this close to getting the get off to the right foot here. I'm still not shying away from eight and four. I don't think it's unattainable. Like, am I crazy for thinking that? I think where I saw flexibility with them was that this should be a mature team that has been through a lot of things or older players who've been around and the new people they brought in are veterans and that they can go into a place like, I don't know, Acrisure stadium for a Thursday night game to start the season and not be wowed by the atmosphere. And by the way, the atmosphere was fantastic tonight too. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And I kind of saw that tonight and I saw a team that couldn't get completely out of its way, but again, was playing, you know, a top 20 opponent, number 17 in the country. And, a really flukish play by the a player who's having like a, a game of his life kind of game. And if it doesn't go the wrong way, then things go the right way for West Virginia tonight. Is it as simple as one play? Maybe, maybe not. But um, I, I definitely see the potential that I saw for them before. And I think that what I had gotten myself talked into was the flexibility being they can win a game they shouldn't. They might lose a game they shouldn't. I don't know where tonight is. Should they have won this game and maybe they shouldn't have? Or did they lose a game they shouldn't have? I'm not sure. But I don't think that the verdict is in this team. And I think that you'll see them more likely to steal games or wing close competitive games than give them away. Um, they're not going to see a lot of teams as good as Pitt the rest of the way. I think that's encouraging if you're trying to figure out if the glass is half full or empty. So that, that was a very polite way of you telling me that I might be crazy. So thank you. Or you man. might be right. <laughs> I don't want to say it that easy, especially to you, right? But I think that yeah. you might be on to something there, too. Again, like this is a team that could, you know, fluctuate around six and six, seven and five. But I think you see a ceiling that you can you can get your head above and, and win a game or two that you're not supposed to. But as you saw tonight, there's always the boogeyman that might be able to steal one from you when that has no business being taken out of your hands. Yeah, absolutely. I just it's. This game, and I think yeah, we're already seeing it on the message board. We're seeing it on the social media and everything right now. It, it's, it takes an emotional toll from fans. But I think what you actually saw on the field tonight might make some people feel like if you thought this team was going to be decent to good, you, you might feel still feel that way. You should still feel that way after that game, even no matter how much this is going to hurt right now. Checked a lot of boxes that people wanted to see, to see checked, especially in offense and relative to the quarterback position more so than anything else. This didn't check the box in the win column. That hurts the most. That matters most. But that's something that they will get to work on soon. Back in the field next Saturday at home against Kansas. First Big 12 game. We will be back in the earsports.com rotation. Wrapping up this game. Previewing the next game. Talking again soon on the podcast. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza, And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.